Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and blessings and welcome to another installment of the History of Freedom and Faith. This show is produced by acclaimed historian, educator, and author Leslie Gist and serves as our weekly live online discussion to celebrate the African-American experience by honoring all the people past and present, black and white, who with faith and focus are preserving our rich history through literature, the arts, the skilled trades, and the humanities. We thank you for joining us tonight, and we'd love you to be a part of tonight's discussion by calling in with your comments or questions to 347 324 Washington. I'm your host this evening for the Gist of Freedom. The guests joining me tonight are Dr. Sidney Davis, Queen Mother, Dr. Dolores Blakely, and Stella Pantley. We're going to talk to us about the recent unveiling of the United Nations Slavery Memorial. And we'll also learn why uh, African-Americans had such a poor showing and that they were not invited. Good evening, ladies, and welcome. Good evening. And who am I talking to now? I'm Stella Antley, Reparation Advocate for the Slave Holding Me. Okay. And is Dr. Sidney Davis with us? Yes, I'm here. Okay. And Queen Mother Dolores Blakely, are you with us? Okay, she's going to join us later. Um, Dr. Sidney Davis, why don't you start out by telling us a little bit about the background of the United Nations Slavery Memorial? Uh, when did it occur? Uh, where is it? Uh, where can it be seen, et cetera? March 25 has been designated as the International Day of Remembrance of the Victims of Slavery and um, the Transatlantic Slave Trade. And this was uh, as a result, this was the result of a United Nations resolution um, from December 17th, 207, which declared March 25 as the International Day of Remembrance of the victims of slavery and the transatlantic slave trade to be observed annually. And the resolution also called for the establishment of outreach programs to mobilize educational institutions, civil society, and other organizations um, to inculcate in future generations the causes, consequences, and lessons of the transatlantic slave trade and to communicate the dangers of racism and prejudice. So every every year since March 25, the International Day of Remembrance for the Victims of Slavery and the Transatlantic Slave Trade has, um, you know, given uh, opportunities to honor and to remember those who suffered and died at the hands of the brutal slavery system. Subsequent to that, um, there was uh, another resolution that um, that um, 
brought about the erection of a um, a permanent memorial to the remembrance of the victims of slavery and the transatlantic slave trade and um, this was um, led by um, the Jamaican the permanent mission um, to, of the United Nations the Jamaican delegation um, permanent mission to the United Nations uh, they were the ones who were tasked with orchestrating the um, this effort and um, with uh, with the uh, support of member states they were able to erect this monument and the monument was unveiled on the 25th of March this year and, and it, co- it coincided um, it coincided with the um, the international decade for people of African descent 2015 to 2024 is been, has been declared the international decade for people of African descent, and so this uh, event sort of, uh, um, you know, kicked off the uh, this this uh, international de- decade, so to speak, and the uh, the uh, the uh, the memorial was intended to bring together those who were the victims of slavery, the transatlantic slave trade, in order to remember those and their ancestors who were taken as captives and who were enslaved. That's that's briefly the background behind the memorial itself and and within the context of uh, the other resolutions that have been enacted in in reference to the uh, uh, International Decade for People of African Descent and also the International Day of Remembrance of the victims of slavery and the transatlantic slave trade. Now, Stella, did any of those resolutions include uh, any mention of reparations? No. As far as I know, they did not. Um, I would like to just introduce uh, why I'm speaking out about this. Uh, It was brought to my attention, happen chance, when I saw an article that uh, came across my screen last of the steel being unveiled for the United Nations Slavery Monument. And I started calling people and asking if they knew about it. No one knew about it of African descent from North, East, West. I called everyone. And um, I finally was in touch with uh, Queen Mother Blakely, Mayor of Harlem, who gave me a memo from... um, in hopes that I could get invited so I could represent the slave holding me as her ancestor and see through me. I believe in ancestral spirituality, and I very much wanted to go. Uh, I'm, in receipt of an, I'm in receipt of an apology for slavery from the state of Connecticut that had slaves admittedly yes. through the 16 up to the 1800s. So while I have those words of contrition, if they're not going to act upon them by giving us at least the respect of inviting us to such a historic event, and words kind of pale. Um, when I read the memo of the invite from Council General John Clark of Jamaica, the inside salutation uh, was saying, Dear fellow Jamaicans, and please, uh, in little uh, notes, please. Excuse, excuse me, Stella. Um, Queen Mother uh, Blakely has joined us, and we'll there he is. you in just a minute, and I want to give her a word because she has uh, 
uh, she can't be with us very long. Good evening, Queen Mother. Good evening. How is everyone? everyone? We are Hello, Queen Mother. We're fine. Thank you for joining us. This is Dr. Davis. Yes, I was on. I got a chance to hear you, Dr. Davis. But you know, Queen Mother is the community mayor of Harlem and the ambassador of goodwill to Africa and represents civil society. So Queen Mother has many missions she's on, but I was very pleased to be on when you were speaking. Well, Thank good. You. I was wondering, Queen Mother, can you give us a background on the memorial itself? Um, maybe you have some information that you can share with us as to how this memorial came into being. Uh, I, it's a rich history, really. Um, Queen Mother Moore, oddly Moore, she lived to be almost 100 years old. And Queen Mother Moore had one single issue, and the word was reparations. Reparation, reparation, she would say now. Children, go get your reparations. And in that spirit, uh, Queen Mother spent many years in and out, in and out of the United Nations, uh, agitating everyone about uh, the transatlantic slave trade and uh, what it meant to her and what it meant to 55 million displaced Africans. And in that energy, I worked with Queen Mother for about 20 years. And in the spirit of Queen Mother Moore and chipping away constantly in her energy, in the work that she had started, uh, agitating, especially the member states. And at the United Nations, it's the best place to be if you're talking about agitation. I knew Queen Mother, but I've been involved with the UN for about 46 years. Again, it's about inclusion of all peoples, because that is a people's institution. And you have many hate, um, um, stakeholders of that institution. So in the spirit of Queen Mother Audley Moore, who agitated everyone for about 80 years of her life, she was a Gaviite, and she was born in New Iberia, Louisiana. And if you ever met Queen Mother Audley Moore, she constantly talked about reparations. She constantly talked about the transatlantic slave trade. I met her as a teenager. I didn't hear you. I met her as a teenager. Yes, yes. So most of us who are in the liberation struggle today uh, would have been enlightened by Queen Mother. And she was a co-founder of INCOBRA. Uh, that is national reparations. And folks like uh, Congressman John Conyers of Michigan and how he spoke very elegant of Queen Mother Audley Moore and said that it wasn't for Queen Mother Moore, he would have never been involved with the issue. So there was many that joined on to the work of Queen Mother Audley Moore, such as, such as Congressman Charles B. Rango of Harlem. Queen Mother knew Congressman Adam Clayton Powell. And all of the congressional and legislative representatives of our community, Harlem, knew Queen Mother Audley Moore. I remember with Brother Minister Farrakhan of the Nation of Islam. She was there for the Million Man March. I spoke in her voice, but she wanted to be there. And thanks to Brother Minister Farrakhan, he made sure that Queen Mother was there, which Sister Barbara Justice 
one of our medical doctors flew with us just in case they had to bring the plane out of the air before arriving to Washington, D.C. for the Million Man March. And that was the last gathering that Queen Mother was able to look out and see sea of men uh, at the Million Man March, which I'm sure they're getting ready now for their reunion after so many years, 20 years of that process that we had with the Million Man March. And Brother Minister Farrakhan listened to her voice. Uh, through me, when she wanted to articulate any issues, I was able to pass it on to those that Queen Mother wanted to hear her. Queen Mother also traveled extensively throughout the continent of Mother Africa, started with Idi Amin of Uganda. And my godfather, which was Julius Nereri of Tanzania, Mwalimu, Julius Nereri. Mwalimu, as you know, means teacher. And the bar words of his middle name, uh, when you think of uh, he, the uh, principles of, um, of Kwanzaa and Karenga. Karenga is Julius Nereri's middle name. And so for Dr. Karenga to even not only adopt the principles of Kiswahili, but also uh, a part of Mwalimu's psyche, he was able to uh, be a part of, to be a part of in that process and his own work for us. As a Fulbright scholar, I was able to study him as a philosopher. And that's what I wanted to do, a black conscious man of African traditional socialism. And spending time again with Queen Mother Audley Moore and felt very strongly that we should return home and do work on the ground. So I have a question for you, Queen Mother. Consciousness, uh, this consciousness, when you think of how it all happened at the United Nations, Someone had to have the energy. Someone had to spend time in their wheelchair and constantly agitate the world community. So Queen Mother Audley Moore did that extremely well. And now we have a reality. It's no longer a dream in this agitation for the middle passage of the transatlantic ocean of the slave trade, uh, Dr. Davis. But now it's, the unfolding has taken place. At the United Nations, as you stated, March the 25th. And those who was involved with making that a reality in the conscience of the Honorable Marcus Messiah Garvey, we understand because Queen Mother was a Garveyite, and we understand that uh, Jamaica, through Dr. and Ambassador Dudley Thompson, and others like him who had the spirit of Africa and Gavi, as you know that Gavi said Africans for the Africans, home and abroad. And as you know, Gavi lived also in Harlem. And so with the two of them meeting and with Queen Mother being a Gaviite, she constantly forged those concerns. But on another level, we needed countries to take the issues up and there again, it was Jamaica and the Caracone countries. So that's how it was forged at the United Nations, but through the agitation of an African descendant or a displaced African 
Queen Mother Audley Moore. So I'm very pleased with what's happening at this time. Let Dr. me ask you a question, Queen Mother. Um, of, sure. of the member states that were involved in the erection of the uh, UN Memorial for Slavery, <clears throat> uh, of, those mem- of, of those member states who were um, African-American, descendant of African-Americans, oh, sorry, descendant of Africans who came to the Americas, and talking about the Karakom countries as well as um, other um, you know, uh, African states in the Western Hemisphere, how many of them are also pressing for reparations in the same way as African uh, African Americans, Black Americans are doing in this country? I think you have to keep in mind when you're asking how many. Uh, Dr. Davis, I would say our work is cut out for us as African descendants. That's the reason why when people say to me, about the Africans of the diaspora. What does that really mean? What does it really mean when we talk about Region 6? And as you know, I'm just returning from Addis Ababa, Ethiopia. And in 1987, Queen Mother Audley Moore was invited to speak before. At that time, it was called the OAU, the Organization of African Unity. Now it's called the AU which I was able to go, but I spoke even at the uh, African Finance Summit, a summit on finance, which was the heads of states of Africa in 1987, and where Queen Mother, after I read her statement, M.J. Kenneth Kaunda of Zambia allowed us to bring Queen Mother in her 80s, because, you know, elders do not travel in their 80s and 90s. But because of the work, they allowed me to bring Queen Mother in the best comfort we could have flown in to get to Addis so she could speak to, and she was the first woman ever to speak to as the states of Africa, for him Mm. to allow us to have done that. That was a noble cause in itself. And so moving in the energy, and even Mangesa Herimerian, we had never really seen a real palace before. We hear about palaces, but actually interfacing with the palace. So he invited uh, Queen Mother and myself to the palace to meet with him in private, which we did. And now with me, 2015, going to the United Nations uh, Financing for Development Conference, which was very historical just a few weeks ago, I had the opportunity of going to the AU office and saying, let's revisit what the the heads of states of Africa discuss about finance for the development of Africa. And so, and then other issues of the role of women. And so I'm saying to you, uh, Dr. Davis, and to others, it's, it's not the countdown how many, but we have the consensus of the group to move forward. And about reparations now, you know, it's the country of, um, uh, not Cape Verde, the other country uh, that is in the Caribbean, that the prime minister, I met with him, when I think of the, the nation, I will tell you, but I had the opportunity of meeting with him which he has taken up the position of uh, reparations. After uh, 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 Jamaica is the one that rolled out the monument, 
and now they're moving toward reparation and chipping away. But as I say to uh, the member states, because you must remember they are small nations and they are still member states of the United Nations. We are larger than them. It's 55 million displaced Africa. Many countries, when you think even of the continent, we are larger than them in numbers from the United States. We're talking about the displaced Africans of the transatlantic ocean of the slave trade with no confusion. Because if you say the Africans of the diaspora, what are we speaking about? The children that are born here from the continent, the nationals that are living here, and may not ever return back to the continent itself or to their native land or country which they come from, from the continent of Mother Africa. So that distinct who we are with no confusion of mix-up is very critical, as Queen Mother always said. She said, everybody names us, but we never name ourselves. So it's important that we are clear and define for others who we are. And I think that now as the Africans' descendants, and you're talking about rolling out the 10 years of the Africans' descendants, then I think it is our duty and our challenge to take up and unveil that monument with our energy. Because the member states from the Caracone and from uh, the the continent itself, this is not their priority unless they can really see how they fit into uh, reparations and how that really affects them. But keep in mind, they are still member states, and their priority this past week while I was at the UN was talking about sustainable development. Yes, and that's right. They were talking about other issues that are much more uh, uh, pressing for them to address in the world community, and it's not the word reparation. So mm-hmm. we must continue to agitate for the word reparation, which we did the uh, periodical review, went to Washington, D.C. already with a group of our brothers and sisters, the Friends of the AU, which is basically African, uh, displaced Africans born in America, have gone to Washington and uh, to the State Department since we came back and made this an issue to President Barack Obama. Now, keep in mind, if we do not have the, the majority, because we're still mobilizing and organizing, but in the spirit of Queen Mother Moore, we must continue to forge. So what I did personally in the spirit of Queen Mother Moore, I called for $3 trillion, and that is a down payment that I want the world to give to Queen Mother Blakely for sustainable development in our communities where we live. Across Mm -hmm. the United States, if you know anything about the black mayors and the little townships, the little little areas that they control based on the votes, uh, local authorities, then we need to deal with these issues and the unmet need of our community in terms of the state of the art moving forward like everybody else. So I think it is our duty as displaced Africans to be able to 
a focus where we want to go, and that's why I called on President Barack Obama, executive order at the State Department, to write a check to Queen Mother Blakely of reparation before he leaves office. Let him do it now, okay? We're not talking about waiting because the monument has already been unveiled at the United Nations in the energy of Gory Island. And the young man, uh, who the young man who rolled it out, he rolled out the the African burial ground first in 2003. If you recall, when we brought the reinterment from Howard University and brought it to Wall Street, where our ancestors were sold on the auction block and New and the New York Stock Exchange, which I've gone there as well, in the spirit of Queen Mother Audley Moore, and how we now can couple this to the world community. And as I said, the monument is there. It's what do we do? How do we mobilize and organize and to move forward? And if we do not do that, some others will do that. So it's well, about you know, we have the, the United Nations is a is a is a uh, a building for the people, as you say, and yes. all member states have representation there. Um, but where yes. is the representation of the displaced of us who are here on the on on the United States soil, on American soil? Who is representing our interests there at the United Nations? Because at this unveiling, most of us didn't even know that was taking place. The word never got out to right. us of this event. Right. Well, there again, uh, the process, I cannot say who was a part of the the process, but I was the spook who sat at the door. And I've been involved with the U.N. for 46 years. I have no intentions of working for the U.N. unless something drastically happened that really speaks to us that caused that to happen. But again, it's like, the spook that sits at the door because we are not a member state. And your member state is the United States of America. And that's okay. the reason why some of us went to the State Department and say, hey, uh, President Barack Obama, it's wonderful that you went to Kenya and you went to Addis Ababa, Ethiopia, and spoke at the AU, but we want you to write a check for reparation from your executive order, from where you sit now and before you leave the White House. So that's what we are calling for right now, okay? Whatever yeah. that is, let's begin the process by African descendants. Africans of the Caracone cannot do that for us. That's right. Africans from the continent cannot do that for us. That's and they right. don't have the time, if you're asking me, because as I said, I'm around the U.N. and I attend many meetings. We're coming out of Rio plus 20. We're getting ready right now for the summit that is the high level of the General Assembly is about to begin in September. The Pope is coming in. Francis of Assisi is coming into New York, as you know. So our work is cut out for us when the high-level session takes place during the General Assembly. And if, you're, if you know anything about what happened last year, 2014, the priority, the priority, if you go out and see some of the speeches or statements that was made by heads of state, it discussed Ebola. 
mm-hmm. Ebola was the priority on everybody's lip or at the table. Then you had women to empower women and girls, and quite naturally, 20 years coming out of China in New York, and in particular, I was able to get over 2,000 women to come to Harlem. That's unheard of at the Apollo Theater for consultation for the whole day in Harlem, which was International Women's Day, which was March the 8th. I'm sort of like a catalyst of agitation and saying that if we truly represent civil society, then we have to fall into civil society. We must come out to civil society. And the women came after 20 years coming out of Beijing, China, uh, 20 years ago, doing Mm -hmm. this um, uh, women's, uh, the Commission on the Status of Women. And as you know, our office is a new office. Uh, the UN women, just to have our own office, and also empowering women, elevating them into their position. And one of the things that we hope to happen at the next uh, 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 GA, we would like to see a woman in that position. And mm-hmm. so we're making strive as women. So I'm saying that it's so much on our plate, dealing with our youth around the world, based on unemployment, based on education, And then you're looking at the war-torn countries, uh, which you're dealing with that as an issue, the unsettled of of settlements where they are going, migrating from one country to another in the regions such as Cote d'Ivoire, and meeting with the president of Cote d'Ivoire, discussing that issue of uh, people returning back. So the, the world is, it has their hands full, and we got our hands full when our children are being executed in the streets by law enforcement within yes. the United mm-hmm. States and dealing with institutionalized racism. That is something very real and touchable. Okay, this is not a dream that we're all dreaming about. And what are we going to do to make our children whole again? So the, the, the transatlantic slave trade, the return of home with the ARCA return of uh, Gori Island is our destination. I've been involved with Gori for 20 years, and we took the youth, for the World Festival of Black Arts and Culture 2010, which they call the hip-hop generation, which these young people have influenced the world. When you think of uh, African Bombarda, Cool Hurt, KRS-One, and Queen uh, that have been a part of that process from the Bronx and their 40th anniversary, uh, I am Queen Mother of Hip Hop, and they gave me my sneakers. So I'm about to go in the studio, okay, to express what the culture, and they've been holding the culture and the spirituality through the Zulu Nation and other institutions such as Zulu Nation has been carrying the culture and the spirit of a people, which many times we don't understand even what that's been about with them. So Mm -hmm. here we are now uh, as a people and you're talking about a healing transformation, tradition, culture, and the DNA, so we could begin the route of returning home. On Juneteenth, my DNA was taken in front of the monument. When I did the libations and prayers 
at Juneteenth. Prior before that, I am not sure uh, why more of us were not invited, but I did raise the question. But as I state again, it's up to us to take well, the leadership for us. If I could interject, uh, when I started this movement, it was because we were not invited. Um, Dr. Davis had just returned from Africa. He had not heard of it. The bottom line is is that we should have been present. It's 55 million. We have no voice in the U.N. Jamaican population uh, were slaves of their ancestors just like we were. And for them to erect a monument and not include African Americans is an affront. It's an atrocity, and it's a travesty. So I began mobilizing people, talking on TV shows, and now we're here this evening. I would like to represent the slave that was holding me. She looked to be 111. I could not get invited. Dr. Clark from Jamaica suggested I call Mr. Davis at the UN. He did not return my call. I was not allowed to attend. However, his memo was including only Jamaicans. It said, Dear fellow Jamaicans, please remember to invite your Jamaican and Caribbean friends. There was no wording for African Americans. That is the affront that I want, wanted to address, and that's why we are gathered tonight. And I'm hoping the movement will grow and people within the sound of our voices will go to their legislatures and state and find out. We need to have a redress, a, re, uh, a rededication of that monument. I'm hoping that Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan will do a million descendants march, and we can go to that um, that memorial and recognize our ancestors because history is being made without. Well, it was it was never dedicated. It was only unveiled. We need to. I was just going to say that semantics aside, semantics aside, we were left out. Well, uh, Queen Mother Moore said she was not even offered a seat on the dais or even a seat at the at the event. They flew in people from Jamaica, the Council General, everyone from Jamaica, and I just don't understand where that disenfranchisement came from. That we were not included, and that yeah, that's, that's well, an important that, distinction. Well, it's an think, important distinction when you say rededication. We're not going to rededicate this well, thing. I think well, I think anything that happens going forward would would be a dedication. And I think that there is a way there is a way to address this. Um, you know, we've identified the problem. Now we have to look for well, the solution. Well, the solution well, for me, on behalf of the slave holding me, is that we go to to New York and have our own ceremony because we have well, no I, leverage in this country as it is. And this Queen Mother said. They're shooting us down just like they were doing in 1815, they're doing in 2015. The slave holding me suffered through that. I don't plan to suffer through it in 2015. And if we sit idly by and let them erect, uh, conceptualize, finance, and not include us, I mean, what is that saying? We don't care, we don't matter, we're not important. And I think we are. And I know that we built this country. The bones and blood of our ancestors saturate soil very UN and that's my well I think that's why I well I think well I think that some of us had to stop everything we was doing like I said to you we are not member state the United States represent but I'm saying the United States represents us and I think that's where you need to start that's where I went personally 
to the State Department and the periodical review with the Friends of the African Union, Chairman Daniels and others. So there is mobilization happening. But I think that we, not only those who are of us who live in New York, but there happened, like immediately after this took place, I did speak to the ambassador himself from Jamaica and said to him, you had a wonderful affair, but none of us was here. Hmm. We were not present. Okay, you had a wonderful affair, turned out, okay, but the African, the displaced Africans were not here. The few displaced Africans that they did invite was um, our former mayor, David Dinkins, was present. And it was a few more elderly um, African, displaced Africans, was invited uh, to uh, the unveiling. This was an unveiling. And when some years ago that I even wrote a letter to the Secretary General, I was very pleased that he showed up. He could have been somewhere else based on what I know that he does around that UN. I was very pleased he was there for the unveiling. Now, and for the what is, for the descendants, African descendants, I don't know how much work that they actually has been forging uh, of moving toward the 10 years. I cannot tell you that, but they do exist. And I think that it's very important that some of us begin to really get more involved with that particular entity or that particular group. As I stated before, member states is not going to be looking for the displaced Africans or the transatlantic ocean of the slave trade. They don't have time from what it seems to me that they're doing what they have to do representing their member state. So since Jamaica took the lead on the monument, and I do have a sense what a little of that process, but you must keep in mind we are not invited to their closed sessions that they had. So, yes, I was the spook that sat by the door. When they went in, I was sitting there. When they left, I was still sitting there and agitating everybody going and coming. Mm-hmm. You know, what is going on, what is being said, more of us have to take that position. And I know that some of us are in a survival mode that we don't have the time to do sort of that level of work. But some of us must do it. And, exactly. and in doing it, at least we have to agitate. It's an agitation, yes. and you have to take a position to do just that. And that means that you got to work. It's a lot of work and a lot of off-hours time that you have to be there and sit. Here is a meeting, and you're not allowed in the meeting because it is a closed session. And when there's a closed session, you are not allowed to enter. So I had to make myself a little seat outside, going and coming, who went in and who came out and what they looked like. And I said to them exactly <laughs> what they needed to hear. But that's the position you have to take if you're talking about being engaged and involved for the masses of the people. And I'm I'm finding out, even in that position, do you have uh, the way with it all to represent the masses if the masses haven't given you a mandate to do so? So there again, 
that a part of that divide and conquer energy does play a role. But since Queen Mother was very clear, and she lived to be almost 100, and she agitated them for about 80 years of her life, and as I said, I was with her for about 20 of those years, I was able to hear what direction we should take and what we need to do to return back to the soil of Mother Africa. So for me, it has been a miracle to have that monument. It just showed up out of nowhere. And Mm. it's in a prime spot at the U.N. I'm sure they're still trying to figure out what happened. How did this happen? (laughs) You know, it's like, you know, the ancestors made that happen as far as I'm concerned. And the spirit of the crater energy to bring that usher that into being because that was not a man program at all. Mm. And when it happened, it's like, huh? It's up. What's the name of it? Gory Island. What? It's not the African burial ground downtown because. Uh, Leon, Rodney Leon, is the young energy that comes out of Haiti. He's a Haitian descendant. He did the African burial ground, and he did the art of return, like, overnight. And I remember the discussion we were having in the U.N. I was just flabbergasted when I'm doing a book on Queen Mother Gory, and here he rolls out a monument at the U.N. called Gory. That's the day that I actually... Uh, had my second book copy written in in the United Nations and mailed it from the United Nations for Washington, D.C. and to myself on March the 25th. So it's a historical moment. At the same time, it is a miracle that happened for us. Who would ever dreamt? I mean, you know, Queen Mother walking around with them African clothes on and they didn't know what she was really about at no United Nations. Who she really represent? Tell me some reparation, reparation now. Honey, mm-hmm. come here, let me tell you. Okay? That's how she agitated, and she agitated on the continent of Mother Africa. They had no meetings unless she was there. Mm-hmm. She made it her business, made that her priority as an elder. I don't even know how she continued to have rallied the way she did, and then finally we had to sit her in a wheelchair, and she continued to carry that mission at the United Nations, and now it's the reality. We have the monument. Now we just have to keep going, agitating for the word reparations and saying we need it now for our sustainable development. Uh, Mother Blakely, Queen Mother, you also mentioned in conversation with me that we fall under the United States because uh, Section 6 or something like that because I can't understand how Jamaica, although it's the country and everything, but they were there to do the sugar cane. They brought us here for cotton. They have a voice at the UN. We have no voice. They have um, financial planning, the development of Jamaica. We we have nothing. We have ruins. We have abject poverty. So how can we, uh, aside from trying to get a re-unveiling or a rededication or whatever you want to call it, uh, become inclusive? within the United Nations, because we are a people. We are a black nation within a nation, like the Geechee, but we have no representation. And that's obvious by them being able to erect that monument. May I speak, please? By being able to erect that monument and not be invited. Civil society, they're supposed to be educating the public. Where was the media? Where was the uh, invitation? Why would a memo go out addressed to dear fellow Jamaicans please invite your Jamaican and Caribbean friends 
and we not be included in that in salutation. Well, you well, did have some black media. You did have some black media that I met personally and I know. But you're correct is that uh, I didn't see the invitation that actually went out because, you know, I hang around the U.N., so I get information anyway. As I said, I'm the spook that sits by the door. And in saying that to you is that many, uh, what do you call it, many steps was, was I say many steps were were missed in the process from what I see and what I'm hearing you say the, the of getting it out in a timely fashion. So I think that it's still, if you have a complaint, then I think you need to voice that complaint in writing to the chair of the monument, which at the holding of the chair at that time happens to be Jamaica. Where it's going to go from here, that's another issue. I know that the African descendants for the next 10 years coming out of UNESCO has been formed while I'm on the phone speaking to all of us. And how do we play a role in that? The time is now that you need to really start forging what you believe need to be a part of that process. The process is open you know, in terms of the 10 years. And I think that some of us uh, may be clear, as I say for Queen Mother Audley Moore, I am clear what I should be doing. And we started very early without Jamaica. We wasn't waiting for Jamaica. We were not waiting for the member states to give us directions. And I think that what Queen Mother has left a blueprint for us then that's one avenue. There are going to be several avenues, okay, that's dealing with our situation of the 55 million displaced Africans. And I think that all of us need to just now continue to to lobby, agitate, and to 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 take a plan of action and come out with some best practices on the other end. May I may that's I, may I make a proposal do. for a plan of action? Yes, please. This uh, this um, this um, initiative with regard to the memorial and the whole um, um, decade um, dedicated to um, uh, uh, to Africans, the decade of Africans, and the whole uh, idea of dealing with the transatlantic slave trade and so forth. This came out of a. Um, a United Nations uh, resolution, um, and within this this resolution, um, it, was, it was dated um, on February the eighth, two thousand eight, where where uh, it was proposed a permanent memorial to and remembrance of the victims of slavery and the transatlantic slave trade uh, that, that that would be erected. And within this resolution, there is a significant uh, um, paragraph that I would like to read. Um, that may be pursuant to how we can form a plan of action here. It says that it requests the General Secretary, in collaboration with and building upon the work undertaken by the United Nations Educational, Scientific, and Cultural Organization, otherwise known as UNESCO, including its slave route project to establish, this this is the key part right here, to establish a program of educational outreach to mobilize, among other things, educational institutions and civil society on the subject of remembering the transatlantic slave trade 
and slavery in order to inculcate future generations with the causes, consequences, and lessons of the transatlantic slave trade and to communicate the dangers of racism and prejudice. This was put in the lap of UNESCO to establish programs right. of educational outreach and to mobilize educational right. institutions and other civil societies, um, you know, subjects of civil mm-hmm. society on doing this thing. So now what we need to right. do is that right. we, need to go, we need to go to UNESCO. What, what, when, we, when, we, when UNESCO has been charged with this responsibility of communicating what is happening with this whole thing, we have mm-hmm. the, United, the United States National Commission for UNESCO that mm-hmm. is headquartered in Washington, D.C., and it is their specific responsibility to carry out this uh, mandate given in this resolution. When I when I researched this and I called that office in Washington D.C. to find out what was happening, why um, they were not doing what the resolution called for and disseminating information to educational institutions, and I'm thinking about the. Uh, the, uh, the black colleges, why they're not communicating this to black colleges and to other uh, civil organizations in the, in the community. Why are they not educating and putting the word out about what is happening from their, um, from their, from their, uh, from their offices? So when I called Washington, D.C. to find out what was going on, I found out that the person who was supposed to be in charge of doing this um, educational effort was in transition. In other words, the the position was, uh, for all practical purposes, vacant. Vacant. And when I look at the picture of that commission, I don't (laughs) see any representations of African Americans on it. They don't. I think that's the very commission. What what is saying? If we're gonna, if we're gonna, if we're gonna, I'm sorry. What did you say? What was going on with the position? It's I'm vacant. saying that it was in trans. It was in transition. In other words, the person okay, who was responsible. Yes. Yeah, the person who was responsible for um, spearheading this educational outreach was mm-hmm. quitting and leaving for another job, and they had not found another person to replace that individual. But aside from that, when I look at the picture of this uh, member of the members of the U.S. Uh, National Commission. Um, I don't see any representation of Africans on that commission. I don't see no um, African Americans on the uh, on the UNESCO um, 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 commission for UNESCO there in Washington D.C. These are the folk. This is the office that is responsible under the mandate of the of the UN uh, resolution to reach out to the members of the. African community in the United States so that we can be informed of what is going on on this very thing. And so what has happened, somebody has dropped the ball or somebody is not doing their job and making sure that they are not, that they are filling out, that they are fulfilling their responsibilities and the mandate given them to inform through educational efforts, through informing civil um, uh, institutions and so forth, of what is going on here, so we need to address that. We need to address that office. We need to, we need to target that office and find out what is going on in that office that they are not doing their responsibility and making us informed, uh, keeping us informed of what is happening on the very thing that they were commissioned to do. 
Exactly. Well, my excuse, excuse my me, Dr. Davis. Starting, starting with inviting us to the to the unveiling. Mm-hmm. My, my understanding. My understanding that again, I have not really been in the trenches of uh, dealing with UNESCO, and based on uh, the resolution, because the resolution is way late, if you're asking me. All right, because Queen Mother were, were were an ancestor by the time they rolled that out. Yeah. So it's like going back going back to what was the blueprint that she left us or, you know, before she became an ancestor. What are we doing about that trail to have been able to get member states to do the resolution. Something happened prior. I think it's very important that we understand the historical overtone. And then where, like you said, the ball has been dropped. But if I'm looking at the ball, I would be going to France. I wouldn't be going to the U.S. I would not be going to Washington, D.C. The headquarters in a place called France. That's where I would be going if you're dealing with UNESCO, not even okay. New York. And be able to have a holistic proposal and plan. I'm sure they're getting pieces and bits right now because I heard some of that last was it last Friday, Doctor Davis, when we were all together. Yes. And it was talking about the culture, but it's like piecemeal little programs. You know, we are pulling at, and I think that for the ten years to roll out. UNESCO is responsible for whatever comes at the table over mm-hmm. the over the next ten years. So it's like the ball is in our court, whether we want it to be in there or not. I think it's what are we are going to do, and what do we see? How we need to to have this holistic proposed plan that we could be able to mandate UNESCO to carry out based on that resolution that was passed in 2008, okay, by member states, okay? So I think that that's what we need to do. And you got to have a number count. you got to have bodies. Like I know that the NACP, for instance, has attended some of the – with school children. They have been at the U.N. with – school children for the last, I would say, five years during the the day of the International Day of the Remembrance of Slavery. Yeah. I would say about five years ago. They've been coming every year successfully. And I think that we need to do our homework to find out what has been done, how can we tap into it now, talking about the 10 years. And yes. since it is a mandate by member states, not by the United States, mandated by member states of the world, then we need to see how we could bring all of the the, the plan or the action, whatever we would call it, a campaign, because I like the word campaign, campaign, mm-hmm. how we could pull everyone into that campaign and find out where people are with the 10 years that we have. It's yes. not over. It's just beginning. So it's up to us to shape it, okay? And that's the reason why when Juneteenth showed up, I said, oh, my God, 
we have to do the libations and the prayers. I call a few people quickly who I know can move real fast. Okay. Yes. Sometimes it's <laughs> not that many of us who can do that, okay? And yes. say we're going to do the libations right now. And we did it, and we did the first DNA. I think three or four of us did our DNA, and we're getting the uh, the resolution, or we're getting now the feedback where we really come from on the continent. So it has started, and then there's certain people, if, if you go out and begin to look further, uh, from UNESCO, people are doing art. Some people are doing photography. And, you know, it's different proposals that are going in now for funding. So if you have something that you really want to get out there to civil society, then it's our duty to begin to do that and use the strategy and structure that we have to make that a reality right now. And I think that this is the time that, you know, we need to look at how we will pull together and pull as many actors and actresses involved with that process of the for the 55 million displaced Africans. And I don't know altogether what are your name you need to call or get your name in on that uh, African descendants um, uh, list. I know that they are meeting. I don't know if they meet once a month or they are meeting every three months. I cannot tell you that. But okay. I, I think this is the time to do the research, you know, to find out who's in charge. And they do need more. That I know. For a holistic approach, we need to begin to mobilize and organize and come on in and do what we need to do. I agree. Because UNESCO cannot do it for us. They don't do it for other groups. They sure not going to do it for us. Okay, it's what we do for ourselves, and now we must now look at where we fit in based on our time frame and where we're running around our missions that we already have geared ourselves toward and find out how others have done the same. I think that's the issue, and I think that you saw a little of that on Friday, and that's why I was happy that I showed up just to hear what was going on and who are saying what? Because if you're talking about the diaspora, from my understanding, the African descendants have they have included what you call the diaspora. So right. who on the diaspora is doing what you see is of interest or where we are going? You know right. that fits into where what we're doing. Who else is doing the same thing? Because now you can call out and use. Uh, social media to put the call out and say everybody who's interested in going to the Gory Challenge and going back to Gory, which you have a brother rowing, been rowing from Gory Island for the last three years. He did not wait, and he come from Bethesda-Stuyvesant in Brooklyn. Okay, mm. a black male, and he built his own first boat. And where is that process? He's rowing for HIV-AIDS to the family, from Gory okay. Island to to the Brooklyn Bridge in New York. He's doing it. His name is Victor Mooney. So there's others doing, but it's like how do we all, you know, get on the road of the 10 years based on the contribution that is needed for our family, for our divine family, as I would call 
whether that's education, whether that's his, the historical overview, whether that's going back and forth from the continent to this side, or whether that's doing the tests, encouraging people to do their DNA, whether that's encouraging people to travel home, you know, right, right. start going, start going. I suggested Queen, Queen Mother, okay. I suggested to Dr. Davis that the United States should be charged with giving all of us our DNA. Well, yes, whoever, but that should be out of your reparations. That's you right. are calling for reparations, and you can list that. You can list, you can list, you can list DNA. You can list education. You can list jobs. You can list uh, sensitivity training for police brutality on our children. You can list of of children understanding, okay, what are their natural resources they entitled to. You know, I mean, we can make a laundry list yes, and right. see how that fit into the word reparation, as Queen well, Mother Moore say. Children, go get your reparations. Well, Queen Mother Blakely, I looked up the word reparation because I've been trying to get the reparation for the slave holding me for many years. I've been on this journey alone. And I researched it, and the government has used some kind of verbiage and um they're saying that in order to seek reparation, you have to have either been a slave or can prove you you're, you were related to a slave. Now, I have one holding me, so how would I go forward? That That's going to be uh, the catch-22. Well, I think that too. I think what you have to do, uh, dearly beloved sister, is to look at the country that you come from. If you are a con person, South, South Africa in one of her articles. Okay, I'm just saying, I'm just saying it as an example. If your DNA proves that you're a con person, come from their con people, then you got to get back to them and get them engaged of your returning home with your ancestors, with your remains of your ancestors. They have to get involved. They have to be a, a connection and that's what you got to do, and you got to do it now. You know what I'm saying? Well, when I think that's of reparation, I'm doing now. Well, when I think of reparation, they promised our ancestors um, forty acres and a mule, and that, of course, has matriculated through the four hundred years and one hundred and fifty years since slavery ended. But if they're going to use catchphrases like you have to show that you were related to a slave, how how, we, how are you going to seek the $3 trillion from the federal government on President Barack Obama? When very well, few sister, of right us now, are... right. Sister, right now, I'm not even questioning that energy. I'm going after that energy. Just like okay. we breathe in with the spirit of the creator and the ancestors, the monument exists. Like everybody so would say, you know, it's like people wasn't even saying the word reparations. You said the re- word reparations at the time Queen Mother was saying it. They was like, the old lady is, oh, what's she talking about? They was running from it. When Queen Mother used to say it, she used to agitate it everywhere. If you read about Queen Mother Audley Moore. So I think that we ourselves have to keep moving forward in spite of. That's my advice to the family, in spite of. 
keep moving. And I'm saying I want my reparation. Down payment I want is $3 trillion. I don't know what another brother or sister wants. Some may not want none. I don't know. Okay? I'm talking mm-hmm. about what I can present and bring forward. And that's what I've already done. And hoping others will join me. That's the campaign, as Queen Mother stated. That comes well, out Queen of Mother, the spirit of Queen Mother Moore. Queen Mother Moore, I would, um, uh, Queen Mother Blakely, I'd like to ask you a question. We were expecting Queen Quick from the DG uh, Nation to join us this evening, and she was unable to. However, they have their own nation, and they're considered a nation within a nation. It's been my, with all the shootings and the way that they seem to be hunting us down like they did during slavery, uh, that we need to have our own state of Africa, America. Do you see that at all plausible? Because we once, before integration, had our own society, civil society, our own banks, our own schools, our own doctors, our own hospitals, and we didn't have to wait 12 hours in the emergency room to be seen, and we had dignity, and we, uh, our teachers lived next door, not out in the suburbs. We had black teachers to emulate role models. Uh, I admire the Geechees that have their own nation, and, uh, and I'm thinking this country, uh, we're no longer of any intrinsic value, that we're not enslaved, although they have us in chains 55% in the prison population. Uh, but I, I think with all the killings and the way that they seem to be very nonchalant about it, they're, I mean, I feel that we need to just have our own our own state. I mean, Integration has not worked. Segregation didn't work. I, I'm for separation. How do you feel about that? Well, I think it's been brought up before. This is nothing new. This is not a new school of thought. And there no, no, this is something that in, um, the Nation of Islam has also pressed for. Yes, yes. And not only that, you had free to land. You know, what's the brother name from uh, Louisiana area uh, before he passed away? I think he was a, a mayor. He just just passed not too long ago, the black mayor down in in, in the deep south, you know who I'm speaking of. I just think so, New Orleans. Name. Was it was New Orleans? No, I think he was in Mississippi. No, he was in Mississippi. Oh, Mississippi. The mayor of Mississippi. Yeah, our warrior brother. I mean, the free to land, he was a great attorney, but he became mm-hmm. the mayor down up in there. Uh, you know, it, this has been called out free to land, that whole piece about free to land. So yes. uh, that that has been an agenda out there, you know. So I think now it's getting together with those groups who've been, you know, agitating for years around the issue. And then it's like, where do you want to, you know, have your land base at? And it seems like people are moving south okay, of being able to do it. And like you say, even with the Geechee Society or the nation, and I, I don't know if you put that in the same category where you have the Moors. It's the Moors is another group been advocating, but they don't see themselves as really distinguished about Africa, but they've been on the land, indigenous peoples, and also having their own land base. So it's been called, by, called for. But I think now it's just getting together with some of those groups who's been been calling for this for a while, for for some years. Let me put it that way. And I know uh, it was brought to Queen, Queen Mother. Mother Moore's attention. Yes, Queen Mother. Um, 
I want to yes. follow your I want to follow your suggestion. I want to in this uh um forum that is meeting at the United Nations. You don't know whether they meet once a month or or how often they meet, but I need to find out who these people are and so I can get myself involved in this. Yeah, well, that's what you need to do, and I'm so sure that you can do that it. Could get them, you, could, you can get them also. I mean, once you, you know, plug up to them, they're the African Descendants. That's the, the, I think that's the name of the organization. The next time they send me an email, I definitely will make sure you get it. The last meeting they had, All right. some of my young people did go from the Zulu Nation because okay. they've been going too. Young people are going. So I'll find out the last meeting they had and have uh, some of our young people from New Future Foundation to okay. send you the information. Very All right? Well. And that's like another get way to get it out. Well. Yeah, get well, we want to get well. it out to all of us. We want to see that's, again, using social media. Put it out there so they're aware that this is taking place in the next 10 years. Right. You know, so they need to get on board is, now, you know. Is there a social media site on Facebook or is there a social media site? Is there a Facebook page? I think I think I think they have information out there. But the last meeting I was not here. You know, I was in Addis and then from there, you know, I went to Dubai. So I wasn't here at the last meeting. But they did uh, send information to our organization, New Future Foundation. They did send it to us. So um, I will uh, have our our youth who went, our young person who went. She's our hip-hop representative of the U.N. I would ask her to send it to you. Her name is Ruth. Okay. Listen, Queen Mother and and uh, Queen Stella, Queen Mother um, uh, Blakely and Queen Stella, I, and, and Roy, I'm going to have to uh, excuse myself. I have another engagement that I have to um, attend to. Um, but I want to say that I fully enjoyed this conversation, and I hope our listeners have gained information about this uh, memorial and the issues surrounding it. I'm very thankful for the information Queen Mother Blakely has given us in her yeah. carrying forward with the legacy of Queen Mother Moore. And uh, I want you to know that I uh, fully support your efforts. Um, one, I'm with you 100% here. I, I look for you for I look to you for direction and leadership in this uh, whole effort because you are our queen. You are our queen mother, and um, I'm hoping that um, going forward that we're able to um, do something that will address the uh, uh, our needs and our um, struggle um, going forward in, in this in this area. I'm hoping that we can do something. I'm hoping that we can do something in this decade of uh, of the uh, African um, going forward, and that we can make great strides in getting the things that we are pressing for um, in our struggle. So I before you, say, go, I, I before you go, Doctor Davis. I'm sorry. Say again. Yeah. Before you go, uh, is there contact information for you that our if our listeners wanted to contact you if they have questions? Well, um, yeah, they can contact me. I have I have a Facebook page under Sydney Davis. Um, okay. My email, I will. My email, I'm available by email, sldavis53 at aol dot com. That's sl 
D-A-B-I-S-5-3 at AOL.com. So that, that would probably be the best way to reach me by, by email. But you can find me on the Internet. You just put in Sydney Davis, you can find me. Uh, if you go into, okay. on the Facebook, you can find me on the Facebook as well. Oh, yeah. On this conversation. Also, Queen Mother Blakely, our producer here at uh, the Gist of Freedom, uh, Leslie Gist would also like to have that information, uh, who has a large uh, social media following. Um, and if you, um, you're probably already a, a friend of hers on Facebook under the Gist of Freedom. No, not as I know of. Queen Mother has been slow, but let me give you my email, Queen Mother News. That's like news, N-E-W-S. Queen Mother News at gmail.com. Okay. And there, I do have a Facebook page out there, but to get serious information, you could hit me and just say, Queen Mother, I'm down with reparation. Where do we move? <laughs> Where do we go? What do we do now? Okay. And I can be reached at the slave holding me, Stella Ansley, on Facebook. Uh, say that again. The slave holding me. Okay. That's a Facebook page. That's a Facebook page. Okay. Or Antley, A-N-T-L-E-Y, Stella, S-T-E-L-L-A, at iCloud.com. And we iCloud. iCloud. Mm-hmm. iCloud.com. And I'm hoping to further this movement and get more and more people involved, and maybe we'll be able to come back on the Gift of Freedom Thank Miss Leslie so much, Miss Gis, for letting us uh, uh, have this show. And people that did not get all of the show or any any introductory to how this all began, they can go to an earlier uh, interview that Dr. David and I had um, that started this whole movement on the Gist of Freedom. I'm sure it's still and I, part of the library. I would okay. just like to say one other word before we end. Uh, I want the, the the brothers and sisters to understand we could not wait. The monument of the Ark of Return has been snatched already by the women, the mother, the sisters' energy of empowerment to our family. The mother of civilization has already snatched it. We could not wait, and we're calling on everyone to mobilize, organize, around this monument, which the energy has been a male child that holds the energy of the mother consciousness. So it is a mystery that this monument is at the United Nations. Join us now and don't wait. Thank you. I want to thank you very much for joining us this evening. And we will continue this conversation on the gift of freedom. Um, Our producer will be in touch. And uh, I want to thank my guest, Dr. Sidney Davis, uh, Queen Mother Blakely Hentley. My name is Preston Washington. I've been your host. And I want to say good night from the gift of freedom. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.